Welcome to the Leicester Startups Podcast, a podcast here to shine a light on the entrepreneurial talent that we have in our city. This series has been made possible thanks to the Leicester Co-working Project and our partners on that project, the Leicester Leicestershire Enterprise Partnership, the LEP, the University of Leicester and De Montfort University, the LCB Depot and the Cooperative and Social Enterprise Development Agency, CASE. This particular episode is taken from the Leicester Startup Week, which we held in February 2021. My colleague Sam Lark chats to De Montfort University graduates Daryl Wright and Lois Cockrell, who are founders of Lead Balloon Studios, an animation studio. The pair share their experience of going from idea to launch, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. Here is this. Uh, so I'd say that our stories are almost identical. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, did the same course at university, got the same grades, uh, went on to do a master's together, and then also went on to teach uh, part-time at the university. So that was all at De Montfort University. Okay. There for like three, four, like five years, including the teaching. So we spent a lot of time at De Montfort University. So yeah, De Montfort's kind of kind of our home at the moment. Like we really kind of enjoy the area, enjoy uh, having that connection with De Montfort University, and uh, we've started our business uh, with the aid of uh, Simon Baines and uh, the DMU Works, that mm. kind of thing. So they're uh, they've been particularly helpful. Um, also, the Crucible program. Yeah is uh, something that we've uh, had the pleasure of uh, utilizing. Yeah, which is basically like an incubation program for startup businesses. Um, yeah. so we get to actually um, share a room with other startup businesses, which is extremely fun because then you get to learn what everybody else is doing. And it's good because you're going through the same kind of process as they are. Um, and it's a shame because obviously with the whole pandemic, we've not actually been able to see them since March. But um, usually we get to share a room with them. And that's actually at the Innovation Centre, which is on campus, um, which is really good. Yeah. Got so, the NatWest funded? Um, We're getting mixed up with the different sorts of things. Oh, I, I'm not entirely sure. There's actually. sometimes NatWest events at the Innovation Centre, but I don't think it's got anything to do with oh. the Crucible programme, no. Right. So. so what I'm hearing is you, I mean, I, I, I take it, your studies were in the field of animation or 3D graphics, you know, so perhaps building on that, you, so I'm, I'm interested, you know, I mean, the conventional route would be, let's go and get a job. So it's, you know, what, what, what made you split from that? Or maybe you did do that for a while and obviously you're running your own company now. So yeah, what was the sort of the motivation or the, uh, the lead up to that, I guess? So uh, I think, Jobs are scarce to begin with, and uh, animation uh, isn't um, well. It's a big industry, but it's, it's there's not a lot of opportunity around. So you've got like a few select big businesses and things like that. So we wanted to kind of just make our own mark. We'd already done work together, and we thought like we could we can definitely kind of uh, I don't know. <laughs> Because we basically, we finished our bachelor's degree together and then our, our whole master's degree was together. So we basically shared the entire project. So by that point, we just wanted to do work together and produce 
animations together. And if we went to businesses, there was a, a, a lot of a smaller chance of even, you know, getting put together and we were in separate places. So we just wanted to continue doing work together and that kind of thing, yeah. Did it perhaps not feel as risky as some other ventures because you had the skills, presumably the startup costs, I mean, there will be some, but it's, it's not tens of thousands of pounds, I'm guessing, you know, it's an office and a, you could even do it remotely on a beach in Thailand. It, it's, you, you've got perhaps one of those um, enviable, you know, businesses that you could take this anywhere in the world. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, maybe, so in terms of where you are now compared to where you started from, how, how long has it been since you, you incorporated and have got your first customer? We started in October 2019 when we were established um, and we got our first customer basically a month or two later, wasn't it? I think it was quite, it was quite soon. Um, and from there, we've learned so much along the way. We've been doing like our research and um, how to basically run a business because at the beginning, it was very nerve wracking, just trying to basically it was very overwhelming trying to think of everything we need to do because we just do we do our whole production with animation we do from the beginning to the end so when you're trying to do that and learn to run a business it was it was a whole new ball game basically um but from where we were at the beginning to where we are now we've learned a lot more and we're, we're getting used to how things work and how to basically run our business a lot better and we've learned to take things kind of one step at a time yeah. as well <laughs> there's, there's a lot to do and uh it was kind of realizing how much there was to do at the start kind of made you made us panic and kind of try and get everything done but yeah no it's good to take your time and kind of tackle things uh, one at a time what, what did it look like that that um i mean obviously you must have been elated when you got your first customer but you know was that a hard slog you know lots of cold calling or you know cold emails i mean what, what if you could describe that that first sort of paying customer for the first one, it wasn't. Um, we um, had spoken to them recently and we actually knew them beforehand as well. Um, we've actually found the least amount of luck doing the cold calling and the cold mm. emails. We've sent dozens of proposals over to people and had basically no luck. So we seem to find have the best luck in getting to know our people first, which is a bit more difficult with a pandemic because we're kind of just stuck at home. Um, but I find it, yeah, we find it the most difficult just doing it. The sending emails and yeah, yeah. No, no, people don't like receiving email <laughs> unsolicited emails. Yeah. That's if they even get out of the mail, then end up in junk, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. So thinking about your your sort of proposition, then what what makes you stand up? Sorry, I can't hear you. Sorry, broken. There are sites like Fiverr or People Per Hour or Elance or, or lots of things like that. What, what, how, how do you fit into that? I mean, are they, do they frustrate and annoy you that they do, or is that actually it's good that you know they're because you, you know, you don't look like you're in that sort of field. They, they, you've got a very, um, well, it's a slick looking website. And I can just tell from your background, you know, that a lot of thought seems to have gone into this. So positioning yourself in the market, then I, I suppose. If, describe how you managed to do that yeah we, we, we discussed this a lot especially recently the the idea that um there are there's a lot of competition out there that will do things um a lot cheaper uh a lot like more readily available as well um as opposed to 
what we try to do, which is is uh, bespoke content that's tailored for your very specific needs, rather than kind of, for example, um, something on Fiverr that's pre-made and just kind of uh, your logos put onto it, for example. So uh, we've th- that's I think the the bespoke nature of our work is is kind of what separates us from a lot of that. Got it. And and you might, um, and you know, I could be wrong, uh, but I get the impression that you would perhaps do a, a bigger piece of work. So maybe it's a, as, as you say on your website, an explainer video. So if you go to Fiverr, you might just be looking for a logo or, a, you know, a, a whatever, a, you know, trademark thing. Um, but you, you'll perhaps position yourself as a company that might want an explainer video that could last for five minutes or, you know, three three to five minutes. So is it, I guess that that's you're separating yourself there. You're not you're not doing the smaller pieces of work. It's uh, I mean, in some ways, it's um, it, it's yeah, it, it's you're creating something much more than just a well, it's an animation. It's a it's a much bigger piece of work. I guess you won't have lots of little uh, projects that they tend to be smaller but bigger in in size. Yeah, a, a minute of animation. A minute of animation could take about a month, depending on the uh, the complexity of the project. Um, I remember trying to explain this uh, a long time ago to, to my parents. Right. Um, it's like Snow White, for example, was animated um, 24 frames a second. So that's 24 hand-painted pictures a second. And the movie was 90 minutes long. So that's 24 pictures hand-painted in a factory. Um, but like like hundreds of people painting these like uh, uh, glass panes. Mm. And like obviously it's a lot faster now. We don't we don't need a factory full of people to produce an animation, but it, it's it's still it's still a lengthy process, um, which is essentially why. It's um, kind of rarer to, to be seen in the like uh, in the marketplace. So you'll have um, uh, live action stuff, for example, and advertising is always going to be uh, easier to do. But then animation is uh, stands out a lot more. For example, you've got like Satsuma singing orange. I like I don't I don't think I've seen that in years. But it's still the first animated or it's still pretty much the first advertisement that comes to my head, um, and, or the Meerkats, for example. Uh, and you compare that to... Uh, the only other thing I can think of is, like, um, uh, the people falling down the stairs and the injury lawyers for you or whatever, you know, like... Right. It's kind of... It doesn't quite stick with you the same way as animation, but it, because of that the effort that goes into it seems to kind of relate. Sure. I, I remember seeing documentary stop motion on um, Wallace and Gromit and it's just the amount of uh, time and effort that went into that looked phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, I'm taking this off piece. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really keen to, so you, you incorporated or you started your business about a year and a half ago ish. Um, you got some customers your first one wasn't too challenging. They were known to you. 
Um, but presumably some of the others weren't known, to, or maybe they were. Uh, but I've just, you know, there, there might be other people on this um, on this event that uh, are starting out. And one of the things we get asked quite a lot um, through Leicester Startups is, you know, getting those first customers is crucial. So anything to share around that? I'd say for us, it's actually been, um, like Lo said earlier, the people we know. So not, not particularly like friends or anything like that. Um, I, they probably won't like to hear that. No, but they're friends now. But um, yeah. uh, at the time, it was kind of uh, people we know and the people they know. And you just kind of you kind of get into that, their social circles and talk to people. It's better. Uh, I think people need to like you is something that we've uh, learned. You have to... Yeah, you have to get people to actually want to talk to you and things like that there rather than just kind of showing up on their doorstep doorstep with, you know, a product and expecting them to buy it. So, And what does that look like, getting people to like you? I mean, is that sort of sending them, uh, you know, clips of your work or, you know, as, a, as an opener or is it through social channels, through meetups? Uh, it's, it's I'm, I'm not going to lie, I, I, I don't really understand it myself. It's, it's, I, I, I just try and... Uh, I think it's just getting to know people. Yeah, that, that's, that's a better whether way Whether you're think. like working with them or you see them on the same um, campus or anything like that, just you get to know people and then from there it might become something more anyway. But I, I would recommend not just frustrating over trying to connect with people forcibly just for work whether that's through LinkedIn or because I've done a lot of these I've sent things through LinkedIn and people per hour and I, I take it personal when I don't get a response back but like you, you, at the end of the day you just have to kind of take it one step at a time and just expect these things not to always go through especially with so much competition online where people are charging you know so little for things where you might be charging like a normal standard price it's, it's a lot of competition at the end of the day but I think it's it's best just not to take personal when you don't hear back, which is what I've been struggling with quite a lot, to be honest. But yeah. Um. One of the things um, I'm curious about, especially for the established startups that are doing well, you know, the, we had Liam uh, from eBay on Monday and asked the question around strategy. So do, do you, you know, do you have a sort of a, a three or a five year plan. And I know obviously things change all the time. COVID's a great example, a horrible example of that. But, you know, I just, I'm curious to, to know um, if you do and then what that looks like. Um, because presumably in your industry, you know, you're never sure when the phone's going to ring. You might finish one and worry that you've got nothing for a few weeks or months. But, you know, the pipeline, I guess, are, you know, so yeah, any thoughts on that? We have a year plan, which is quite short. Um, okay. It could be updated now, actually. Um, so we, we usually take it as we go along. We'll be doing projects, and then when we see them come to an end, we'll usually do a personal project on the side, either for our own entertainment or just something we haven't done before. Because we've got explainer videos, but we haven't done we haven't done like product videos and stuff. So maybe we'll do one for a bit of fun but then that goes in our portfolio to be shown to other people. So we usually fill in the gaps of our own work to build up our portfolio and then look, well, whilst we look for other work, and that's usually just how we do it at the moment, whilst trying to focus on our social media platforms and just take it one step at a time, really, because I feel like when I do like a plan anyway, 
I don't know what it go what goes in it really, except for like you get again I get really overwhelmed with it. So we just kind of do one step at a time, see how we get on. Anything else? Another thing would be our uh, kind of passive income is kind of goes into our kind of longer term plans. So we've we'll have our um, uh, projects that we'll work on for clients, and then when we know that there's likely nothing coming in for a while. Um, we put stuff up on YouTube, for example, to try and get uh, ad revenue coming in, which mm. has been particularly useful uh, during the pandemic because we've had less uh, businesses, less business to business kind of work. Mm. So we've put stuff out there for uh, just anybody to watch and people enjoy it and we kind of get feedback on that and and at the same time earn through ad revenue. Uh, just notice, David, you put your hand up. Do you have a question? Oh, I think you're on mute. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, I read something about your business before the uh, presentation today and it mentioned code, and I wondered if that was the student housing code. Lois is nodding, so obviously <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm wondering, how was that link made? Were, I know they do some accommodation for DMU. Was it through the DMU that you made that link, or was it directly? I know Jamie Lewis and Lynn Lewis, who are kind of the directors of code, I wondered if you'd had direct contact with them or whether you'd gone through a sort of pitch in some form. Uh, how did that contract come about? So uh, we both actually worked uh, at Code for a while. Ah, and, um, <laughs> that's a nice link. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, I remember uh, I was sat in... Uh, an office with um, one of the managers and they, they had a problem that they couldn't solve and uh, we're just, we just kind of turned the laptop around with with an example of our work on it and we like we could do this um, so we provided them with some examples and uh, a brief and things like that there and uh, I think they really liked the idea so we got uh, like three a happy accident, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. almost. Yeah, um, and because we worked with the customer care and all the questions that come in when we were doing these explainers, we knew exactly how they worked. So we didn't have to do that much research. We we knew already how these things work. So we basically really modeled the flat and put everything together, just knowing how we, we were very lucky to actually get the opportunity. But um, yeah, because we've been working at Co three years, or I've been three years, and Dalt was two years. So we knew everything really well, and it was a really good option. That no research was required in order to present the service to the customer, so to speak. Uh, pretty much exactly, yeah. yeah. Right, very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay, thank um, you. Um, so you're established, you've got customers, you're on the lookout for more customers. Uh, you're clearly very gifted at what you do, and when you haven't got uh, paying customers, you uh, are using that time to create your own sort of side projects that um, 
you could then use to showcase and promote the business. But and that all makes sense. And why wouldn't you do that? I, I wonder where, where is, is either one of you horizon scanning for um, emerging uh, developments in the technology? You know, are you? Are you I, I don't know if there's applications here for virtual reality. Are, are you? Are either of you thinking about? You know, what does this look like? You know, I suppose this is back to my five. You know, strategic plan, but. Um, and I know nothing about animation, so apologies. <laughs> I wonder, you know, are any of you looking at exciting opportunities that might, you know, be around in five years' time and planning for those now? Yeah, um, yeah we're pretty much always uh, on the lookout for that. Um, with this kind of technology with VR and things like that, it's, it's kind of like, will it actually kind of take off though? So um, we're, experimenting with things like that for the time being um but kind of like it's on the back burner while we kind of uh, focus on things that we know will kind of produce revenue now and and if you look um, are there any resources or um suggestions for places to go you know for people in your industry or in technology uh any favourite publications or um, blogs? Not really, no. Say, uh, YouTube is really good for learning animation or getting into anything to do with business because I learned a lot of things off there as well. Um, and there's plenty of free software as well for getting into that kind of industry, such as uh, Blender. There's, there's so much now in the past five years that we didn't have years ago that is making yeah. it so much easier to get into anything now um so i think youtube is the best thing to use just for anything just so and then from there it splits out and you can find this information on this website and this information here um and it's just it's just really useful like that for anything <laughs> so we had um, jim shields on our marketing session this morning and they were talking about um guerrilla marketing uh techniques I'm going to make a mess of what he did, but he they, he sent his team to <clears throat> a charity shop. I think there was three of them with £10. And they said, come back with the weirdest, wackiest thing you can find, which they did. Someone brought a broken teeth made. Someone bought a jigsaw box with a missing piece. And, and it, was, it was weird and wonderful stuff. And they sent it to companies that they really, really, really wanted to work with. But they packaged it up beautifully. And accompanying each one of these things was a, a note to say, you know, and I, again, you know, make yourself a cup of tea or uh, email us if you want the missing jigsaw piece, stuff like that. And I wondered if um, you'd ever thought about doing something similar whereby you, you might have a, a, a perfect, I'm not sure that's such a thing, a client in mind. And you think, uh, yeah, do you know what? They would really benefit from what we can do. Why don't we do a 30 second animation for free, no, 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 expect it, and just send it to all. To, and by judging by that, I'd say two weeks actually. So, <laughs> you know, a, 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 a taste of what you can get, and um, but but made for them, you know, as a as a you know suggestion. Is, is that you know, have you ever heard of anyone doing that? Or I was just inspired by what Jim said this morning. Uh, I really haven't heard of many people in our industry doing things like that, but we've given it a shot. Uh, we have a we've got our own mascot called uh, Liam the Balloon, which I don't know if there's any way we can show yeah. that. 
put the website up on the. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll stick it in the chat. Okay. Um, so, uh, Liam is what we're calling a social media mascot, um, and the whole point is that uh, Lois and I are pretty shy when it comes to social interaction and stuff like that there. So uh, if, if I had my way, you would be talking to a balloon right now and I, <laughs> and I wouldn't be here. But um, yeah, so we've got Liam and um, we just just before the pandemic, so uh, about January, February, we were uh, running around Leicester uh, talking to businesses and getting photographs with business owners and things like that. But I was replacing myself in the selfies uh, unbeknownst to them with Liam the balloon. So right. they'd, then they'd see um, the social media posts where they, they've got a photograph with our mascot and stuff. And it kind of, that was our kind of guerrilla marketing. So like we were advertising, we were essentially giving a, like free advertising for all these uh, businesses that we enjoyed yeah. Um, with our mascot and then kind of, uh, but it was more of a taster because it's our mascot at the end of the day. Sure. But that, that perhaps would give a bit, another company a sense of, oh, okay, well, we could have our own mascot potentially or, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I wondered also if, um, you know, especially in these lockdown periods, there are some things that companies would use human beings to. So Jim, to use Jim Shield again, he shoots um, corporate videos uh, for all sorts, you know, cybersecurity, health and safety. But his angle, and he's very clever, and he's been bought out, and you know, life's changing some of money. Is that he injects a lot of humour into it? So it's a really interesting, engaging way for uh, an employee to make sure that they, you know, they're up on their whatever it might be. Um, and I wonder, you know, in this time of COVID, are there opportunities whereby you could produce an animation for a company that they perhaps can't do because obviously, you know, we can't come together and say, you know, so I wondered if you thought about that or if um, any, or perhaps if not, then uh, other opportunities that might have been presented by the pandemic. Yeah, we, uh, we recently did work for the Niche Business Awards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that took place last week on Friday um, and they were going to have theirs at a venue which would have been last year because of COVID they've had to push it back so this year it was basically all done online so our work was basically um, shown throughout the night it was like the majority of the night because basically the whole thing was visual uh, via Zoom yeah. so our, our work actually like does the majority of, of the evening so as opposed to the kind of the usual event um where everybody would actually physically be there and there would be tables round tables and everybody would have their dinner um our our work kind of replaced the majority of that this year um which was quite interesting for both us and niche um to have that kind of digital that zoom meeting uh yeah. sorry I'm just trying to picture that in my head. I can't fathom. So it was a virtual event. Yeah. Um, so folks were sat at home on their lap computer, um, but they were looking, but they could see animations in the background or 
Yeah. Yeah. So they had a they had a host um, stood on a stage, right? Uh, but it had behind him projected our animations that had all of like the the winners and the runner up and all of them, and we even had a, a DJ, an animated DJ for the end. Um, with like a disco sequence and stuff like that, which would obviously replace the dance floor at the end of the actual night. Um, so yeah, there are having you know opportunities uh, come forth throughout this. Um, I think it would have been nice to like. Obviously, we still would have preferred you know going out and actually doing it in person, or you know at least. Uh, Getting our balloon to pretend to do it, but that was yeah. fine. Does that? Um, what did Niche think? Of, you know, did it work? Is it something that you could run with again? Uh, is it an opportunity that you know could be used for different companies? I'm just trying to get a sense of, um, yeah, you know, it, 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 I suppose if it's an opportunity. Yeah, I think. Um, well, Niche definitely seemed to like it anyway. So we're and talks with, um, with them about potentially continuing that kind of, uh, that kind of line of work. But it's, um, it's definitely something that could be, I, I imagine until this, the whole thing is resolved worldwide, we're gonna see a lot more stuff like this anyway. Um, online uh, award ceremonies and things like that where um, people, are going to want it, it's going to have to seem grandiose even though we're all sat at home uh at our computers with our bow tie on <laughs> on our pajamas yeah you know so, um it, it, it's gonna we're gonna have we've got that job essentially making it appear um giving you that experience of being somewhere else while sat at home which is I suppose kind of what animation is about Anyway, and this is that something that you you managed to film and capture, and, and could you you know going back to the guerrilla marketing technique, you know, package that up and send it to other companies to say, hey, look, you could have this at this cost, or uh, any thoughts on sort of um, trying to promote what you've done, use that as you know marketing platform. Uh, we haven't. It's it's been pretty recent, so we're we're still like right in the early kind of days of considering all of that but it's definitely something that we want to consider yeah plus we've done a case study on it so if we find something uh, for a similar thing we say oh this is what we've done this is how it helped them and we could do something similar for you doing it like this so and we've got a bunch of those case studies on that website as well so i feel like every time we add something new mm. it gives us a bit of like ammunition to go to somewhere and say this is what we can give you because this is what you're looking for um mm. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah that's what, is, it, is that called the portfolio in, in your industry your sort of portfolio work that you, yeah. you keep adding to you know i mean just looking at your background that to me looks like something you could potentially productize sell you know you know for 50p or i don't know but actually maybe not 50p that's too cheap but you know if you sell if you make one you could sell thousands that you know um i'm just yeah i'm, I'm just interested in um uh I don't know, you know, deploying what you do in other areas, you know, the, the things that might not necessarily seem obvious. Um, you often hear it called pivoting in the startup world. 
but in your case, it's maybe not completely just packaging up and selling it into a sector they hadn't previously thought of or wasn't necessarily apparent. I think that was Jim's story with the health and safety or corporate videos. Um, he didn't start making those. Um, he just heard of an opportunity, dived in, and it's done incredibly well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, actually, can't remember what I was going to say. No, sorry. <laughs> Well, I'm conscious I've, I've just talked and talked for 40 minutes and I wanted to make this, um, you know, give others an opportunity. So um, of anyone in the audience, if you've got questions, feel free to drop them in the chat. Um, and uh, because, you know, I suppose that, well, there's loads of questions. So if, if you were doing this again, what would you do differently? I suppose, or, you know, what, with the benefit of hindsight, the things that, the obvious mistakes maybe you made or should have seen coming? Yeah, um, I'd say to take it less personally whenever um, we're out looking for work because um, it's, it's, it's easy to kind of like take someone not responding to an email personally, but like at the end of the day, everybody's got their own life going on like you don't know what's going on um it could have went into junk you know th there's so many different things so it's, it's just kind of best to let you know water off a duck's back kind of thing um i think try not to overthink everything as well again one step at a time like oh i need to do this part of the business i'll do that today uh, maybe i'll do a little bit of this tomorrow I don't think oh, i've got all of this to do and I've got all of this to do and then you just write everything down I think it's it just feels so much more comfortable to take it timetabling yeah, yeah. it's definitely <laughs> something that we should have done a lot earlier yeah like a project management software or something that just you know clumps you together to work on a project in a time or honestly we've we've got at the moment we've got uh, a whiteboard yeah that's just covered in uh, <laughs> notes but uh, beneath all those uh, sticky notes there is a timetable somewhere um, that, that's meant to tell us what to do on what day and it does work it, does. Right. it doesn't overwhelm you sometimes just looking at it thinking <laughs> I've got yeah. this <laughs> yeah. it does yeah okay and and any other hints or tips for the audience you know uh, who may be thinking yeah. of starting up or I'm quite got their first customers yet do what you enjoy really, really helps. If you're trying to do something that someone's recommended and you really don't enjoy it, don't do it. I think I've we've got success from things we enjoy doing more than things we're trying to force ourselves to do just for the sake of um, being a business. I think if you do something and you enjoy it, you know, take it to that next level and make a business from it more than just, oh, well, that company's doing, I'll do that. And then you just find you really not enjoying it, yeah. um, you know, um, be good at something that you actually enjoy doing and keep doing it what I would say yeah I've, I've heard that from a few different sources especially really prominent entrepreneurs in, in, a, in Telecom Valley you know if you, if, if you don't love it enough you're, you're not going to slog the 60 80 hours a week you just won't be able to grind it out uh, you've really got to believe in your product yeah uh, yeah okay so what uh, yeah we should hopefully be coming to some sort of lockdown uh, easing in April. 
touch wood. Um, <laughs> I mean, what do you think? I mean, you may have benefited from this lockdown. I don't know. We don't have to go into that. Um, but how does that make you feel? Have you got any thoughts as a business in in terms of, um, uh, you know, d- does it does it feel like uh, the lockdown's been a an opportunity uh, and that will disappear, or are you just you're indifferent as you know? It doesn't really have an impact in your business then. Uh, as I said, the the kind of B two B aspect, uh, business to business, has been a lot slower during the the lockdown just because obviously there's less businesses starting off we've got less uh um businesses like there's so many people on furlough for example things like that there so um i think we're kind of looking forward to coming to an end i think well everybody is but you know what i mean it's yeah sorry yeah, from a business point of view. Yeah. Um, I would say, though, that it has given us uh, a great opportunity to uh, hone our skills, though. So um, throughout the uh, lockdown, we've, uh, while work has been slow, kind of um, practiced and did uh, personal projects. And... Uh, speculative work as well for like companies that we want to work for um kind of like the guerrilla marketing we're talking about mm. um, so we produce things that uh we normally wouldn't have time to and send it out to companies uh and hopes that they'll uh see that and respond so mm-hmm. and the other dirty word brexit <laughs> any 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 impact any uh well, yeah, any impact from that uh, either now or potentially in the future? Oh, I guess we'll soon find out, really. It hasn't it's... affected us yet. I think if we try to do digital services to other countries, it might have some kind of impact on us. We're not looking forward to finding out, but um, at the mm. moment, it's not had an impact on us. So... Because, because um, all of our uh, business has been within the UK for the time being, and right. we don't have any... Uh, imports uh, or exports to worry about um mm. everything's fine for the time being but i think we do want to kind of expand to kind of um kind of usa uh, territories eventually just i mean like online uh sales so it I don't know how much it's going to affect all of that. Like, I don't think really anybody fully understands yet. It's still in progress, isn't it? So it's... Early days. Yeah. And as a digital business, you you can send files over the internet. Obviously, you don't have the logistics. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So are there any questions or is there anything else you want to sort of share with the audience? Anything that you wish I'd asked or... Uh, you know that we haven't touched on that you think we might be relevant for for others who are starting up or have just begun um, I think if you're from DMU it's worth checking out the Crucible program um, it's run by Percy Emmett and um, it's extremely useful in teaching you how to run a business you get 
loads of support. Um, whether you haven't even like established a business yet, if it's just an idea at that point, it's extremely useful to just talk with somebody um, to get an idea of what you want to do. And, you know, it might end up changing or you might end up doing something different um, entirely from your first idea, but it's very, it's been so useful to us setting up a business. I don't think we would be where we are without it today, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's been really good. So definitely check that out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Else. <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, if you're not from BME, have you come across anything else uh, that you could point people towards or recommend? I'm fairly sure uh, Leicester has a uh, Leicester Uni has its own startup programs. Um, I have obviously haven't needed to look into that too much though, so um, I definitely uh, recommend. Um, checking out Leicester's uh, Leicester Uni's website, trying to see what support they have for startups. Um, if they have any kind of incubation program uh, like Crucible, um, where you, you can meet up uh, with other businesses or even um, co-working spaces. Uh, I, I believe you said that you're starting a co-working space, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, obviously we did none at the moment, but uh, April-ish, depending on the lockdown, yeah. So that, we, yeah. That, that kind of Sorry. thing is very, very useful to kind of bounce ideas off of other people, um, especially, especially in other industries, I think, um, yeah. is particularly useful because they have a perspective that you really wouldn't have considered. Um, especially, for example, we're primarily um, artists, and then getting um, a perspective from people that would essentially purchase, be the, our target customers, um, yeah. who happen to be sitting next to us, uh, is kind of invaluable, really. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely back you up on that. Yeah, that's that's one of the advantages of having a, a co-working space, just an ecosystem of like-minded folks who are. Uh, way more likely to, you know, the peer support, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, there's loads of networking events as well. I don't know how they run quite now because of the pandemic. I think they're mostly online, but there's things mm. like Creative Coffee, which is um, in the city centre, and a few others that you're going to be mixing with all these different people with their businesses. And it's just great talking to like like-minded people from art type ones or design to engineering and things like that. So it, with Leicester, there's, there's loads of opportunity to be talking about people, talking to people with businesses and learning from it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leicester Startups podcast. This session was taken from Leicester Startup Week in February 2021. You can watch it over on our YouTube channel also. And if you like this sort of thing, then stay up to date with our latest news and events by visiting leicesterstartups.com and sign up to our mailing list. Thanks again.